welcome back to the emergency goalies. And well, it didn't start out as a very good week for the Blackhawks. They uh lost their first three games. They had, um pretty good effort the last game against Vancouver Canucks. The first two games were not good. They didn't play very well and you know they they're down a lot of players. They're down three of their top defensemen, maybe four now. They're really taking a hit with the defense, but then they uh beat the Colorado Avalanche, the first place Colorado Avalanche in their last game, Tuesday night, and Bedari played good, the whole team played good. So the week ended on a high note, but it was pretty rough to start. Yeah, most certainly. Uh I got to witness that uh, trouncing by the Kraken uh, in person. It uh, wasn't fun as a Blackhawks fan. Took solace and that the Kraken really needed a victory, and that's my adopted second team. So it certainly could have been worse, but uh, that was maybe the Blackhawks' worst effort of the season. <laughs> it was just – it was really bad because I honestly don't even think – like the Kraken played that well mm-hmm. and they were still able to beat them seven to one. Yeah. The effort was so, not good. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I realize they're shorthanded, but when you're shorthanded and you don't, you know, show up and give an effort, that's how seven to one beatings happen. And that's exactly what occurred. Yeah. Uh, I did not watch the Vancouver game on Sunday. You know, obviously they they hung with the, the Canucks, which you know that's a, a pretty darn darn good team this year. So um, they obviously turned the uh, intensity level up a little bit for that, and you know then it obviously carried over into the Avs game, where you know despite the fact that they were missing seven guys from their lineup, mm-hmm. uh, they came out, and you know there were definitely stretches where the avalanche outplayed them as you would expect, (laughs) but they hung in, hung in, responded every time the avalanche made a push and came out on top. Uh, They seem to get stronger as the game progressed too. yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's been, a rarity this year. The, the, the Blackhawks have actually gotten out to decent starts at times. I, there's There's been a number of games where they've had a lead. What they haven't been able to do is sustain leads. And generally, you know, the, they allow the other team to respond within minutes of when the Blackhawks uh, have t- traditionally scored goals this year. That was not the case this time around. They like I said, they they responded every time the the avalanche pushed back, mm-hmm. and it was just uh, I think it was probably Bedard's best all around game. Mm-hmm. Um, he was active in all three zones. He was opening up space for other players. Um, he kind of concentrated a little bit more on playmaking than he did on shooting, but he still got off a few high quality shots, uh, even though none of them went in, but um, he ended up with two assists, could have had a third. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just very happy with with how he played. And I think a lot of credit also needs to go to Isaac Phillips and Connor Murphy, who were the de facto first pairing. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously getting tasked 
in a game against the Avs with going up against the McKinnon line. And, you know, again, there were a few times that McKinnon and them got the better of them, but they hung around and, you know, made it difficult for them on more than one occasion. So just a, um, a really encouraging game for them. And then I also think both Wyatt Kaiser and Lucas Reichel, who are, you know, two of the young players who have kind of struggled a little bit this year, also probably had their best games. Both of them were playing fast, playing confident, you know, just encouraging for them as well. So I just, uh, I think that's really kind of the buzzword for that game was uh, there was just some encouraging signs and, you know, once again, you know, it's the effort's been a little less consistent this year than last year, but, you know, even, even with the Blackhawks, you know, down at the bottom of the standings again, um, the team seems to continue to respond to Richardson and nobody's quit. And, you know, the, 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 their play has definitely been much better at home than on the road. And uh, this, this game against the Avs is, you know, was, was the one home game. So you'd like to see a little bit of carryover the next time the, the Hawks go on the road. But yeah, uh, uh, it was a good, it was a good way to, to end the week. Yeah. Well, our week for, it's not really the end of the week for them, but yeah. um, cu- coming into this podcast, it was, it, it was nice to, to end on a high note. Yeah. And I don't know what the, um, the, I'm sure there's stats about it, but it really feels like the Blackhawks score the first goal an awful lot, but it doesn't seem to help that much, but they seem to score first a lot. I, I mean, I think they probably score first more often than you would expect for a team with the worst record in the league. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know overall if they would be, you know, up near the, the top of the league in that, but um Bedard has certainly scored a, a good portion of his goals, it seems like, in the first in the first period and even a decent amount on the first shift that he plays. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but, but when yeah, you're playing that many that. playing that many rookies and playing, you know, a couple of also run rans on on defense, yeah. uh, it's hard to maintain those leads. Yes. So. But no, I was gonna ask you because you kind of touched on it a little bit, but there's been there's so much drama about Reichel the last couple of weeks. And it was nice to see, like, he really had a strong game this last game. And yeah. hopefully maybe he's starting, maybe it's playing with Bedard. I don't know, but maybe there's something starting to happen. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Um, it wasn't the first game he's played with Bedard. Um, but, you know, he got the healthy scratch a couple of weeks ago came back, had one decent game playing on the fourth line as they were trying to get him to earn his way back. Yeah. Um, but after that first game back, I thought he slipped back into some bad habits that he we, we'd seen previously, and he kind of stalled. Coach, yeah. The coach was making some comments, too, that I don't know if we talked about that he was just hoping for more. And there was kind of like a public, kind of like a message to – Reichel that um, Richardson gave. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know that they were ever at the point where they were ready to send him down to Rockford. 
they just, they don't have a lot of options right now. And, you know, kind of like Soderblom, I, I think Reichel is kind of at the age where it's okay to let him flounder a little bit and figure it out at this level. It's kind of like the old, like baseball that you've proven everything you can prove at AAA. You got to sink or swim in the majors type of thing. Yeah, sort of. Um, you know, if the Blackhawks were competitive, then, you know, you, you, you'd want to make them earn it a little more. But in the situation that the Blackhawks are in, you know, it, you can you can allow that uh, him to kind of work through his struggle, you know, or at least hopefully work through his struggles. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully this is a step towards that. Um you know, because it, it's not like he really earned this either. He got the opportunity because Kurashev was essentially uh, got uh, was sick uh, in pregame and wasn't able to play. And, you know, uh, I mean, I guess Reichel had been moved up the game before, but it, it yeah, it just, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it an earned opportunity, but he's earned another chance because he capitalized on the opportunity this time but you know consistency has been the issue for him all the way back to his juniors career in in europe he's a guy who has speed and skill he lacked strength but he also lacked a little bit of consistent intensity to his game there he'll float on occasion he won't necessarily engage in the in the uh, tougher areas of the ice and we saw that th- um, through a lot of games this year. This mm-hmm. game, um, you know, he didn't do that. He, he he played the way he needed to play, and and you can see the like the talent he has when he's engaged. Yeah. You can see, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He can he can not only shoot the puck and create you know some chaos with his speed, but He's also a pretty decent playmaker. He's sneaky with some of his passes. And he's definitely a guy that has top six skill. And it's just a matter of getting him to go to the right areas at the right times and physically engage, not not allow himself to get pushed out of plays. I, I think that's the biggest thing is even in some of the games where you know, you would actually see him go to the front of the net a little bit or play along the boards. There were times where, like, if his first move, he wasn't able to kind of pull it off, you'd see a defenseman just kind of push him and Reichel would just kind of give up. Yeah. And you, you you can't do that at the NHL. You've, you've got to have that second and third effort. Yeah, he's and, a one-and-done type of guy. Yeah, that and... I feel like, you know, Tuesday night that 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 wasn't the case. Uh, he he was a little more assertive, a little more confident, and you know he's never going to be a guy that just overpowers people. But no. like like I said, you, even when you lose, you can't just give up. You gotta you gotta go right back at the at the guy and, and at least try and you know even if the puck gets completely stolen from you try and break up that, that, that pass going back the other way. And we weren't seeing that before. He would just kind of let the other guy have the puck and they, you know, turn the, 
turn the ice, tilt the ice back the other way against the Blackhawks. And um, at least, at least for one game, uh, we were, we were seeing something different this time. So. And obviously now there's been like a lot of updates on the Blackhawks defense situation. You get um, Jones, Seth Jones is out with a concussion, I think. They haven't really gotten into detail, but he hasn't been skating or anything. Vlasic had another had an upper body, but sounds like he's closer to coming back. And, yeah, I think I heard after Christmas for him. Okay. So probably a couple of more games he'll be out, but but there's no timetable yeah. for Seth Jones. Yeah, so, it doesn't sound like it. Or at least not one that's been publicly made. And then so. uh, we were talking about um Korchinski that we didn't know the details, but it, we do now is father unfortunately passed away and the whole team went to the funeral, which was a very good, nice gesture to see, but he should be back next game. At least that's what they're talking like. Yeah. It certainly seems like it. He participated in the, the Blackhawks practice um, prior to the, the Colorado game, but uh, I think it was just basically a coach's decision to kind of give him a little extra time. Um, but yeah, I would fully expect him to be back in there uh, when they play Montreal on Friday. And as you were saying, um, Isaac Phillips has looked at least decent since he's come up, which is nice. Yeah, um, he's played pretty clean in his own zone. Been happy with the way he's been skating and the way he's been engaging and closing gaps. I think the the one area that he still struggles with is once he separates an opposing player from the puck and he gets a hold of it, he doesn't make the greatest passes out of his own end. That's that's going to be the key, I think, for him moving forward in his career is can he master that part of the game? And, and you know, it can be as simple as, you know, does, does he just make the safest play and chip the puck out or, you know, find the closest available guy? He, he doesn't need to be a guy that needs to do some stretch, you know, crazy stretch passes or cross ice passes, that sort of thing to, to generate huge breakouts. But he, he freezes a little bit when he has that and he ends up turning the puck over. Um, and that, that's the sort of thing you got to figure out. And there were, it seemed like the few times where the avalanche got the better of that pairing were when situations like that occurred where Phillips actually did have the puck, but he couldn't get it out. Um, but the other areas of his game, I think, I think he's been pretty solid um, since he's had to come back up um, to replace some of these injured guys. So, yeah, I mean, it's encouraging signs and, you know, he's getting a huge opportunity playing lots of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be curious to see what they end up doing with him once Vlasic and Korchinski come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would imagine they'll keep the Phillips Murphy pairing together at least through the weekend, even with Korchinski back. But um, when Vlasic's back next week, assuming he's back next week, uh, I'll be curious to see see where they go with it. Yeah. Of course, I should mention a little bit of these um, afternoon games on Sundays. You're kind of tough spots to like, because I write articles about the Bears. I do recap, mm. so I can't really watch those at one o'clock, and they're usually on NHL Network, so 
Yeah, so I can't watch them. <laughs> that's that's the reason for me is it's it has nothing to do with anything else other than that they're on the NHL network and I don't have access to them. So um, I think there's I think there's been like three of them already this year. I will say it's a lot easier to write about the Bears not being a Bears fan because I think twice what you guys did, but that last game was kind of rough. Yes, that was, well, I mean, we're used to it by now. It's like the fourth time, third or fourth time that's happened this year where blowing a 10-point lead late in the game. So, yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's, we're just one one game closer to getting coaches fired. So I'm good with that. Okay, so I will add uh, one more thing about the Blackhawks. Is we were talking about Bedard, but I have noticed that he's starting to um, back check a little bit yeah. more recently, which is also yeah. to mention that he looks like he's trying a little bit more in defense. I agree. Um, yeah, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I felt like this was his best all-around game um, and that he was engaged in all three zones. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he made one uh, – he, he got one of his assists off of a turnover that he created at, at the opposing blue line. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean he's he's hounding pucks a little bit more. I mean it's never going to be a huge huge uh, part of his game, but um, I, I I think he's starting to get a little more feel for the speed um, of the, the NHL and uh, figuring out where to use his energy because uh, you know he's still a guy that takes long shifts and there are times where he coasts out there to conserve energy. Um, but I think he's starting to realize that you can't just, uh, you know, wait for offensive opportunities. You have to, uh, expend some of that energy to create turnovers, uh, help your own teammates create turnovers by pressuring some pucks and that will generate offensive opportunities for you. Yeah. And so I, I, I think, I, I think that uh, the light's turning on a little bit there and we've been seeing it more and more and, uh, you know, just hopefully that's a trend that continues. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, we're not asking them to be like Marion Hosa or anything, but just no, no, no. Um, you know, uh, I I also don't think he's going to be Patrick Kane, where it's you know fairly passive defensively at all times that you know throughout his entire career, um, simply because Bedard plays center and he's got responsibilities defensively that Kane never did. Although I will say that the Blackhawks do a pretty good job of uh, playing fluid positionally with Bedard's line. Um, there are a lot of times where Kurashev or Donato or Reichel, um, whoever really has been playing with him, uh, will kind of switch off in the middle of a shift. And those other guys will actually take the center's defensive defensive responsibilities and let Bedard kind of hang out at uh, the blue line covering a defenseman. Yeah. And again, I think that kind of goes along with conserving energy a little bit and and letting him uh, concentrate a little more on offense. But even when he's doing that, he still needs to, you know, act, actively engage defensively with 
that defenseman and keep his head on a swivel, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, uh, I think that's, that's, that's been one of the, the things I've kept an eye on throughout the year is, you know, while Connor Bedard is a center and will remain a center, I don't, I don't think he'll ever move to the wing. I think it's probably in the Blackhawks best interest to have wingers that play with him that are responsible defensively and, you know, maybe might actually even be natural centers where they can kind of drop back and kind of handle, yeah. uh, take some of the load off of him defensively. And uh, so that'll, that, that's definitely something I'll be tracking in the future is like, you know, who would be the ideal line mates for him in the future. And, uh, you know, I think if you look at the players that the Blackhawks have drafted and their, their prospect pool is very heavy on centers. Um, There's with a lot of them, there is questions if they will, they will remain centers long-term, but just the fact that they have experience playing that if they do end up, if any of them do end up on the darts wing, you know, hopefully they would be guys that, um, you know, like I said, can kind of play that position uh, positionless hockey and whoever the third forward back is can just kind of play center defensively and kind of handle those responsibilities. So it's, 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 it's an interesting thing to to keep an eye on. Yeah. Also, by the way, going to flashback to previous editions of this podcast or before this podcast, I never liked the uh, Kane being a center for that exact reason that he's not going to do much in defense. So those experiments right. with David Center, I never was really a fan of. No, it, it uh, you know, they, they did it out of necessity just because they couldn't find enough yeah. centers at that point. I mean, kind of going back to that positional fluidity sort of thing, Kane essentially performed as his line center when they were in the neutral zone and the offensive zone. Um, he was a guy that dominated the puck. He distributed, he, he handled the playmaking opportunities. Um, but then, you know, and, and that's why it worked with guys like Anisimov and, um, I'm totally drawing a blank on, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Hansus. Thank you. Um, where, you know, they didn't have to, to, carry a big load offensively they could kind of hang back and make sure that they were the third forward high yeah um and yeah you know uh they didn't they didn't require the puck a lot um they kind of did the dirty work and let Kane handle you know some of the offensive responsibilities that a, a center normally would yeah I haven't thought about um Anisimov in a while did is he even in the league anymore I'm pretty sure he had a tryout with the Red Wings, maybe okay. in preseason. I I want to say he played against the Blackhawks in preseason. Okay, um, but I don't think he ended up making whatever team he tried out with. So I'm assuming he probably went to Europe. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably KHL. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, or he might have just retired. You know, he's yeah. kind of at that age. So, um, yeah, I'll be curious. But anyway, I guess we'll get ahead to the week ahead. First game at home against Montreal. 
which is a game they might have a shot to win. You would yeah, think. definitely. I mean, at home against a not great team. I don't know what the rest of the uh, well, they turn they turn around and and travel to St. Louis the next day, so okay. that that t- that'll tend to be a tricky one. Um, second half of a back to back, going from home to road, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's not a, obviously a very long trip to St. Louis, but. Yeah, it'll be it'll I'll be curious to see what kind of intensity the Blackhawks come out with uh with that short turnaround on the road, the and final game before the Christmas break. <laughs> yes. Uh that's uh it during uh the Blackhawks uh championship era um those were generally some trap games with those veteran teams where that was <laughs> um uh, an opportunity to kind of pack it in a little early and not particularly care if they won. Uh, hopefully the young guys are a little more uh, hungry than that, but we'll yeah. see. Uh, I think, I think every team is, is vulnerable to, to such um, yeah. lapses. Yes. And yeah, I think um, and- I, I could say um, we probably will not do a podcast next week with the holiday stuff and, yeah, I think we'll pick it up after the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess if we kind of look at the extended schedule a little bit, the Blackhawks will uh, return home and play Winnipeg on Wednesday next week. And then they've got a couple of road games against Dallas, which is very unusual for back-to-back road games against the same team. Uh, I honestly can't really remember that ever happening. Yeah, but... I was going to say, that was a weird quirk in the schedule but yeah i i'm not i'm not sure exactly how that happened um i wonder if one of them i mean because one of them is no it's not the first so it's not like an outdoor game or something so yeah i don't really understand that but it it's part of a fairly long road trip they'll play dallas a couple times and then they're on to to nashville and that so uh and then they, they actually head east after that so uh, yeah, I figure, you know, we can kind of come back after the first of the year and um, all the holidays and family stuff will be over. And... Frankly, I just, I don't think there's enough stuff going on with this Blackhawks team. It's not like they're competing for the playoffs. No. And, you know, especially with the number of guys that are out and then, you know, we're, we're, we're not really at the uh, trade deadline talk yet um you know and especially at this time of the year there's actually a roster freeze that's on right now you, you can't actually trade anybody so we don't have to worry any, about anything like that so yeah i think we're probably safe to to take a, a week off and regroup in the new year that's right all right so uh michael on twitter you are mj underscore ernst and i'm sth85 and yeah just get the podcast from the apple podcast app spotify and yeah, just everyone have a happy holiday and a good new year, and we will be back with more. I don't know if it's be exciting, Blackhawks <laughs> action, but more Blackhawks action. <laughs>